whatever your value system is, you will be pulled toward. Okay. And you will feel good doing it. So how do we use this in the service of becoming a new identity or taking on a new habit that we'd like to develop? Welcome to Your Brain on Trauma, where we share science-based tools to heal from childhood traumas so you can let go of patterns that might be holding you back, have better relationships, and pass on a legacy that you're proud of. I'm your host, Dr. Kavita Sun. I'm a Harvard-trained psychiatrist, a trauma recovery coach, and a survivor myself. I'm super honored to have you here, and I've got so much to share with you. Let's dive in. Hello, my friends. Happy Thursday. I'm so... Thursday has become my favorite day, by the way, because <laughs> I know that I'm going to be connecting with you guys and I don't know, Just it just is a wonderful feeling to imagine you walking or doing chores or running errands or in between something at work or driving maybe. Just imagining you in your day-to-day life and getting to meet you in those moments has been and is very special to me. So thank you for giving me that experience. So I wanted to talk about change today. You know, it's mid-January. By the time you listen to this, it'll probably be mid-January. and Usually, we start off the beginning of every year with a lot of gusto and, you know, a lot of reprimand, self-reprimanding about what we need to do better on and what we need to stop doing and all the habits that we need to change, right? Gyms see a huge spike in memberships at the beginning of the year. And then by mid-January or the end of the month, things start fizzling out. It's happened to me many, many times, and I've seen it happen to my friends and my clients. And it took me a while. For a long time, I sort of went along with the bandwagon, went along with the the chorus of voices that said it's because of lack of prioritizing or organizing or um, habits or discipline, all of these buzzwords. And the truth is, I have a lot of discipline for some things. And I have not very good discipline for some other things. And so when I recognized that, I realized it wasn't a matter of just discipline because I and most of us, when it's something that matters to us, that truly matters to us, not something that we're told should matter to us, or we try to make it matter to us, but it genuinely does matter to us. When we are engaged in such an activity, we don't necessarily even call on discipline, right? We get into a flow state. We're just in it. We could do that all day. For me, things like learning, reading, playing tennis, playing chess, chatting with my friends, right? All of these things and sometimes cooking, can take on a sort of a flow state. 
And I don't need to force myself or um, reprimand myself or plan these things into my day. So what's that about, right? And how can we bring that kind of energy into the things that we want to become or the things we want to do in the new year? If we had that kind of energy, then it wouldn't fizzle out, right? Because it's something that you would genuinely look forward to doing. How do we bring that energy to the things that we haven't yet yet um, gotten good at? And that has been a question that I've been grappling with for the last several years. And slowly, I've started realizing that it's to do with your values, okay? The values that you genuinely hold dear, you will go above and beyond for activities that are linked to those values. Let me give you an example. Let's say that I value, like genuinely value, um, relationships. Okay, that's a big theme in our programs. Our flagship program is called Heal Your Relationships. So you can see that relationships, I think, are the cornerstone of a life well-lived. Because you can't really live a meaningful and fulfilling life without other people, without relating to other human beings in a, in a way that fills you up. So let's say relationships, and let's say in particular, your uh, relationship with your child is really, really important to you. Now, notice I'm not saying providing for your child or the well-being of your child or your child's future success or education. I'm saying the relationship with your child, which is a living, breathing thing in between you and your child. If that is genuinely of high value to you, right, you will automatically take pleasure in spending time with them. That doesn't mean you never get tired or that you never need a break. We all do. But you do want to spend time with them. You enjoy making them laugh or making them think or thinking with them or exploring the world with them, those activities genuinely bring you pleasure because you place so much emphasis and value on that living, breathing thing in between you and your child, right? Now, some, some of us may have been raised and may have taken on that a good father or a good parent or a good mom, whatever it is, we provide for our children. And sometimes that is a genuine value of ours. And sometimes it's something that we have taken on because our parents had that value or inculcated that in us or because of society and culture, right? When we take on some value system that is not inherently ours, then we squish our authenticity, right? We overwork even though our heart longs and wants to connect with our children. We convince ourselves that the number one priority is providing well for them. And since there is no marker of providing well, there is no end point to that. 
I've gotten caught in that trap myself and had to, when I did wake up, extricate myself from that never-ending spiral. Because here's the thing, whatever your value system is, you will be pulled toward, okay? And you will feel good doing it. So how do we use this in the service of becoming a new identity or taking on a new habit that we'd like to develop? So for example, let's say that again, you're, let's say you're dealing with a person or maybe you yourself um, have fitness as a high value, right? Some of us do. Some of us, it's lower down on the list of values. Let's say for you, maybe fitness is a top value. So you spend a lot of time or you, not a lot of time, but you make sure somehow to make time for some sort of workout if fitness is high value system for you, right? But let's say you want to, there's a calling in your heart to become the kind of parent who spends quality time with his or her child. How could you do that without forcing yourself, right? Because as we talked about, when we force ourselves, it just fizzles out after a while. The way I found most effective and efficient to be able to become the person that we are inherently that got clouded over by culture is to think about what our heart is longing for and then connect it in some way as, as, as um, deeply as possible to the activity or the value system that we are used to holding high in our mind. So let's say I hold fitness high right now and I want to spend more time with my children. The way to do that is to try to think of at least 20, 30 reasons why spending time with your children would actually improve your fitness. Okay? Challenge yourself. Initially, your mind might say, there's no way. I mean, I just, you know, Johnny's 14. He just wants to play video games. I'd be sitting on my butt all the time. That would not improve my fitness. So your mind might and probably will initially just put up barriers to that line of thought. That's okay. Stay with that resistance. Don't resist the resistance. Just allow it to be. Stay with it. Stay soft in the presence of it. And keep asking yourself, if there was a way in which connecting with my son or my daughter would improve my fitness, what would that be? And you'll start noticing over time, if you just stick with it, there will be enough and more what I call bridges. Okay? So for example, in my case, it's a reverse. I love spending time with my daughter. I don't enjoy fitness as much. So for me, it's been making a bridge to think about how taking time and spending money for fitness or to get a personal trainer or to take uh, tennis lessons and all of these things, which in my mind, you know, I just think, oh my God, that's going to take so much time away from other things that I genuinely enjoy. And then I have to spend money and da, da, da. It just is not, is not pulling me right? But I do want to be fit. In deep inside of me, I do want to be fit. So when I 
think about how me being fit would make me a better parent. And the more I sat with that, I could, I, I think I ended on like 43 or 47, something in the mid 40s, number of bridges, reasons that me being more physically active, more fit would make me a better parent. And that exercise is what helped me and is still helping me stick with a fitness routine. So if you are struggling in some area and you want to get better at it, there's a pull from within you, but your habits are getting in the way, instead of forcing yourself and, you know, thinking about accountability and discipline and grit and, you know, all of these things that we tell ourselves, productivity and all of these things that are hacks, right? They don't last. And so my suggestion to you is to drop all that. You've already tried all that, right? Of course you have. Unless you are a, you know, 14-year-old listening to this podcast, if you're even in your mid-20s, you have tried the discipline route. Try this instead. Think about what it is that you want to shift, genuinely want to shift, and then link it with as many bridges as you can. Try to hit at least 30 bridges or reasons as to why something that you currently spend a lot of time and energy and prioritize, why you would be better in that if you made time for this other habit that you're trying to develop. And the more reasons, this is not something that you can just imagine in your head. You have to put pen to paper and actually write out the reasons, at least 30 of them, and challenge yourself. It might even take, you know, two or three episodes of sitting down in front of that sheet of paper. You might need to take a break and come back to it the next day, but stick with it. And when you get to about 25, 30, you will start noticing that there is much less resistance and much more ease with which you do that habit that you've been trying to develop for years. So I hope that was helpful for you. I see so many people just like punishing themselves around this new year and all the ways that they think they're not enough and they have to be better. And I want to invite you into a more loving, gentle, inspiring, and effective process for developing as a person without this roller coaster of sort of self-flagellation and then falling off and then making that mean something bad about who we are as people. I love you. I hope this was helpful. Um, we have a live online event in the beginning of March called The Clearing, where it's going to be such, I cannot tell you, this is probably the best content I've ever, ever created. The link to that is in the show notes. You can check out the details and see if that's something you're interested in. I hope to see you there. And Happy New Year. Bye-bye. Hi, my friend. If you found this episode helpful, come join us in our free Facebook group called Your Brain on Trauma. 
The link is in the show notes. And there is a whole community there of women just like you who are on this sacred healing journey. We cannot heal in isolation. We need community. And that's what we have in our free Facebook group. I'll see you there.